1: But our first guest this afternoon is the consultant medical oncologist at Fakie University Hospital. He has been in the region now for 13 years and he's going to be joining us here on TSB uh, to discuss a lot of things about your health, uh, about cancer and obviously how it relates to all of us here in the UAE. So Dr. Abdul Rahman al Kingi, thank you very much for joining us on TSB. Thank you for having me here. Very glad to be upon you right now. Thank you.
2: Well, I mean, uh, you know, the first thing that comes to every, anyone's mind when you read big medical terms is how do we simplify this? So first up, consultant oncologist. What is an oncologist, and what does a specialist like you do?
3: Okay, forget about the word consultant. Just a degree, or they give it to you. But about right. oncology, is mainly someone who takes care about the people who have cancer, mm-hmm. or at least prevent them also from having cancer. So we go from the prevention of uh, the uh, uh, an awareness campaigns to prevent people in the public to awareness aware about the p- problem. And then if, God forbid, there's something, we help them with the diagnosis and also guide them with the proper treatment they would need to. So mainly we drive the pathway from prevention to treatment. All right. So, so
2: you said prevention. Right. I mean, most of the times we get to know about cancer only once someone has been diagnosed with it and then the treatment begins. But what are the steps of prevention? As I say, prevention is better than cure.
3: Yes. Always we say that prevention is always better than cure. Now, we as physicians, we always, whenever we have these regular visits, and that's why we advise uh, the public, the people, whenever they have any complaints to visit their physicians, their primary care physician, whomever they be comfortable with, is that we give advice about their healthy lifestyle we look into their mm-hmm. risks to see their comorbidities and see what we can advise them on a daily basis such as smoking okay. not every smoker would like to hear that we advise him please stop smoking right. but we have the evidence to tell him that listen smoking can cause you problems in the future so please Look into that and consider that we have one, two, three uh, sedentary life. Mm-hmm. We can always advise people to go do physical activity. And we know that physical activity on a daily basis or every three times per week is actually not only helps you physically, but also mentally. There's so much data that actually physical activity can improve your uh, memory, your, your functional memory, your, your studies on daily basis, as well on your health to decrease the risk of cardiovascular diseases and most importantly also cancer.
1: When, it, when you mentioned smoking before, I've, I've always want, wanted to know. We, we, we look at smoking and and, and what it causes, co- and it causes so many forms of cancer. But I'm seeing a growing trend to more and more people vaping around, mm. uh, especially in this country. Is it that much safer th- th- than smoking, or is this something that should be outlawed completely? There's no difference. They're all bad. I cannot
3: say that I'm an expert about vaping, but what we have read in the medical literature so far is not much safer, actually. And we have seen that vaping can cause. Uh, Chemical pneumonitis—that means inflammation, serious inflammation of the lungs—in adults and mainly uh, adolescents. So it's not really usually affecting people who are smoking for a long period of time or vaping for a long period, period of time, but affects adolescents and adults and can cause serious lung damage and even death from that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the expert, but so far, it is vaping is dangerous, and you can see that in many states in the states. They have stopped vaping. They have made it illegal to vape. You, you mentioned about this
2: thing that it causes uh, you know, issues and inflammation in lungs. Uh, is it because of the propylene glycol or glycerin that's the core base of uh, the vape or uh, the, the vape liquid or is it something else? Altogether? I don't not have
3: the right background to say that, but mm-hmm. most likely because of vaping, they try to shift from regular smoke from tobacco right. to more chemicals. I think the chemicals being used in the vaping are the probable cause, but I cannot say more than that.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that a few sites have bandit it because I find it annoying <laughs> when people do it socially, especially inside. So, but uh, the uh, quantity it, of smoke you see, well, it's yeah, true, it's like a fog. True, you see it there, and you think, how can this be good for me? I was speaking to Dr. Abdul Rahman Al King from the Faculty University Hospital. Um, your work as a consultant uh, medical oncologist, uh, what have you seen, or what have you read about living in the UAE? Are there are there more common forms of cancer in the UAE in this part of the world compared to other regions?
3: Well, we have the incidence of cancer uh, in the UAE not much. It's about like we're about 10 million people. It's about 5,000 new cases every year. But the most common type, if you include both genders, is unfortunately breast cancer still is 20% of all cancers diagnosed in the UAE is breast cancer. The next thing is colon cancer, is about 10% of the cases, and then thyroid. But if you divide it between the genders, in in males mostly it is colon cancer, about 15%. Later is the prostate cancer, and then you have the lung cancer. In females, again unfortunately it's the breast cancer number one. It's about 40% of all. Breast cancer in females is breast uh, is breast cancer later on in is, uh, colon cancer about ten percent and then is thyroid so we have uh, numbers that, and these numbers are almost similar to the Western words, not something mm-hmm. different or strange. So when when you mention these numbers,
2: you know I've I've noticed this and there's a very massive public campaign that goes out, uh, you know where where the awareness towards breast cancer prevention uh, comes through where you know people are making uh, women aware about how to go ahead and get regular tests done mammographies done but is there any communication that comes out for colon cancer because i haven't seen you know too much communication coming out uh, in the media as such
3: let me just say something thank you for mentioning this because actually uh, even though there's so tremendous work has been done in the uae and so much funds has been done here still we see there's a lack of awareness we see that people are not coming forward and we ask always people to be proactive about their health, please come and ask. There's no problem in asking. mm. Now, and again, the problem with the awareness campaigns, was happening here, not only in the UAE, but also elsewhere, they focus on one-day awareness or one month of awareness. Actually, it should be a year long of awareness campaigns, not only a short duration. People tend to forget, you know, with the hasty life, the fast life that we're getting, most people get you that we don't come to see a physician just because I don't have time, I have work, Your health is more important for you to continue work. You need to be healthy also. So regarding the breast, it occurs usually in October. Right. Why you hear more breast, because actually it's the most common and affects a major uh, part of your population. You have your mother, you have your sister, you have your wife, you have your daughter. So this is a major bulk of the population, the breast Mm. cancer. Colon cancer also affects females especially above the age of 50 but also screening for colon cancer is a bit cumbersome you know mm-hmm. in breast you do a mammogram is though a, a bit annoying for the ladies but in colon cancer you do something like stool test which is not enough the 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 uh, the results are not accurate enough so you, you might- ask these people to do colonoscopy which is really annoying for them but this is also can be life saving Mm -hmm. not everything's life is easy but then again colonoscopy can save your life diagnosing the disease in a very early stage will guarantee you'd cure almost 100%, and yeah. this is that we should focus on that.
1: Yeah, my mother has a colonoscopy every four years, would it be?
3: Every five every years, five and now years. the U.S. Task Force has made it every 10 years, but okay. usually every
1: five years. And, and, and she's had it done a couple of times where there have been some polyps there, and she's had them removed, which goes back to your point of getting it tested, prevention, getting it done so it, it, it prevents it going any further. Even though it's an annoying test, but it could be done on a yearly basis over two years or
3: five years. But detecting the disease so much early mm-hmm. can cure you, okay, and prevent so much complicated uh, treatments. You know, it might prevent surgery. It might prevent a chemotherapy treatments. So the earlier, the better always. As is,
1: is it still a case in this? Is it the case in this country that it's still harder for men to go to doctors and admit they've got a problem, and, and females might be more willing to go if they have an issue? So or is always, there not really?
3: Always, a... It's always like that. Always actually. like that. You know, females especially for the breasts, is not easy. It's always the stigma, the social stigma mm, of that. Yeah. And whenever you have female physicians or male physicians. Uh, yes you can see that actually ladies are less approaching than than men okay but from other conditions men actually they are not coming forward why because they are always busy on their daily life so I think that there's here and there that mo- both genders are not coming forward whenever they have they face any problem in their life or yeah, we want to be tough right? we want to be
1: tough men feel we're ins- yeah. invincible like I mean until
2: half of the time till things don't become serious we don't really want to you know probably want to just go get some OTC uh, tablets and you know pop it and say ah that's yeah, alright two then days solved, of then yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: a long weekend sleep and probably I'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> exactly we're well, speaking to Dr. Abdul Rahman Alkingi the consultant medical oncologist uh, from Faki University Hospital uh, joining us here in the studio until 4 o'clock is Dr. Abdul Rahman Al-King, the consultant medical oncologist for the Fakir University Hospital and we're discussing the importance of being proactive about your health, about screening for cancer and not being too scared if you're not feeling well to go and see your doctor. That's right, I mean
2: extremely important because your doctor knows definitely a lot more than what you have read over Google or on WhatsApp or forwards, please don't trust those, please trust your doctor. Uh, Dr. Rahman. we've been talking about cancer uh, you, you mentioned about the most common forms of cancer that are are there i mean and pretty much here in the uae and globally as well what is the first
3: line of treatment that comes in if someone is diagnosed with cancer well we cannot say the first line of treatment every type of cancer has a different approach mm-hmm. you have tumors that you start by surgery okay and it can be curative by itself mm-hmm. you have types that you go for therapy such as chemotherapy could be modulating therapies and then followed by surgery and could be cure for you so each type has a different path specifically. We can we do not anymore like before treat all cancers as one bulk and now we're going for something we call it right now precision medicine. Mm-hmm. Precision medicine is so important right now to guide you to know which treatment you want to provide and to whom and when exactly. So really the advances that happened in the last 20 to 30 years has changed our perspective about cancer. What I have learned probably during medical school now half of it probably is obsolete. Now it's totally right. different and it's different and you have to be up to date in your knowledge every two to three months because there's always data coming so for treatment we cannot say really one path for mm-hmm. all each disease
1: has a specific path for it to be treated so you mentioned how one of the most common if not the most common in this country is breast cancer um, give us an insight then a, a timeline on to how uh, treatments have what they were like and, and what they are now and possibly what they could be like in the future
3: Okay. What we tend to is actually diagnose breast cancer very early. You know, like stage one, the disease is less than one centimeter in, 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 in size. The purpose is that actually when you do so, you can provide for the patients what we call conservative surgery and minimize surgery to preserve the cosmetics of the breast. So this is very, very important. So Again, the treatment depends depends on the size of the disease, okay, the mm-hmm. tumor, the lymph node involvement, or now in the breast, actually the hormonal status. And this is very important to choose. Either you go for chemotherapy first or surgery first. So you have some types, like the triple negative. There's no hormonal at all. Okay. So you go directly for chemotherapy and then surgery. And then again, for, for patients who have hormonal responsive disease, you go for hormonal therapy after that.
1: One of the preventative measures is, is often asking women to sort of check themselves. Yes. Um, is, that, is that still the process, or can the mammogram actually pick things up before a human hand can?
3: Yes, the mammogram can detect diseases less than half centimetre sometimes. So, so wow. that's
1: sort of what, a half a grain of rice, would you say? No, 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 bigger than that. Like okay.
3: um, Probably like a pea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, on physical examination, you can probably detect a one centimeter tumor. But using the t- new technology, which is the mammogram tomography, which is using 3D and uh, more detailed uh, images, you can detect tumors less than half centimeter. So this is what we are looking for. The smaller, the better. Why? Because the higher chance of cure and the less treatment required. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we try to advise. Uh, now, the technology also going through, uh, do we need surgery in the future or not? We do not know yet. These are questions to be answered probably in the next 20 years. But so far, treatment is necessary to reach cure.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you said different line of treatment for different uh, types of uh, diseases. You know, on what stage, what is. Uh, how, how quickly or how soon does one get to know that, you know, uh, they have been... Uh, uh, they 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 have a tumor in the system. Uh, does a mammogram? You know, I mean, do do does a person need to do a mammogram every year? I and mean, we're talking about women and breast cancer. Uh, does a female need to do a mammogram every
3: year, every six months? How often does she need to do it? The international guidelines actually do so advise that uh, patients or individuals, ladies who are age of 40 and above, on a yearly basis to do a mammogram once per year because to, the purpose is detect early. Right now, you have uh, ladies who have positive family history of breast cancer, so these we advise them actually to go probably start screening by uh, age of 35. Let's say you have a mother who was diagnosed by an early age of breast cancer, probably you should start screening 10 years Earlier than the age that your mother was diagnosed with, and the screening does not only include mammogram; it should also involve physical examination mm-hmm. to get a high yield of diagnosis. This is it. Now, how long they can diagnose? Probably once you detect there's an abnormality on the images, probably in the next two weeks between the doing the biopsy and the pathology is out. Probably should be in two weeks, maximum three weeks, you have a diagnosis. Right.
1: And is is it true that men over 60 can get breast cancer as well? What what, what is what's the statistic? statistic? like in men with breast cancer? Well,
3: actually, yeah, whenever you say... Uh, I wrote some one time an article about breast cancer in men. And people, really, yeah, it happens. Yeah. 5% almost of breast cancer patients are actually men. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, above the age of 60 is not related to the okay. age. We know that the age is one of the most predisposing factors for cancer. So the older you get, the more high risk you're going to get the cancer. It's not related. But usually, uh, men above the age of 50, yes, they are more likely to get breast cancer. But only 5% of all breast cancer
2: cases you know funny that you mentioned this uh you know about uh, men and breast cancer uh b- because you know a, a lot has been spoken about and I've, I've read this about uh estrogen levels in men you know uh, if if they go on a higher side prostate cancer also uh is, is something that one should be worried about and a lot of bean also is
3: involved in this what is the linkage there and if there is any uh, there is data, but I cannot say it's a strong data that mm-hmm. you know. Uh, soybeans, soybeans contains the phytoestrogen, so this right. is the vegetable based estrogen. Does it carry a higher risk in females as well as men? It is not clearly sure. There's observation studies observation studies that means they follow people who are doing certain behavior mm-hmm. and they see what's the trend. So it gives you an idea but it's not a proof okay okay So eating soya does not mean you're gonna have uh, more likely to have cancer in females or in males. Mm-hmm. Now but what the advice of uh, breast cancer survivor, in her lifestyle, do not indulge in soya because probably your tumor was hormone responsive. So we do not want to add more risk, but still this is not a proof. Mm-hmm. It may or it may not, but we advise them that don't go for soybeans too much, right. always moderate amounts is
1: enough. Well, that's good, because I didn't like them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, there, are there any foods we know that are better at fighting cancers than other, or is it still just advised uh, from the journals, a, a, a well-balanced diet? Well-balanced
3: diet, that's it. And yeah. I, they think, I think I read it one time that actually the Mediterranean diet is the healthiest. Mm-hmm. The key point is that more vegetables, more fruits, less meats, and mainly less red meats and less carbs. So this is, should be the healthy diet to prevent as well to live a healthy lifestyle. So that's what we can advise. But is there specific foods that we say, do not eat that because you might have cancer. There's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. There's some data suggesting again, but also just there's no proof for that. Okay. Right. Uh, again,
2: uh, you, you mentioned, you know, that uh, the Mediterranean diet is generally the better one. So fruits, vegetables, healthy lifestyle. But then is there is there, you know, something specific with red meat that uh, gets into play that, uh, you know, a doctors advise red meat should not be consumed, not just for normal people, but for cancer patients?
3: Well, red meat usually contains more fats. It mm-hmm. contains uh, more proteins and involving uric acid right. and can change the gut's uh, bacteria and media. Okay. And this is what's currently right now being talked about, that uh, we know that there's a relation between your gut and your brain. Now there's a relation between your gut and your cancer also. So and right wow. now we're evolving that, yes, you have to improve your diet to make sure that you're healthy, your brain is healthy, and hopefully you prevent from cancer. Now, the red meat has a higher risk, and that's what data have shown, that the people who eat more red meat are more at risk of having colon cancer, not the other types of cancer, mm-hmm. the colon cancer. And that's why we say decrease in the red meat. Does not mean do Stop not it, yeah. eat it, but always
1: moderately. Uh, because because Neil's vegetarian, so I'm eating his share of red meat. <laughs> uh, so, so, so on that, if, I'm, uh, if I've got a higher level of red meat, uh, what should I be doing in terms of preventative measures for colon cancers or testing, do I a stool sample testing what are the guidelines the first
3: thing decrease it decrease the red meat let's say twice a week and try to to balance it with uh, white meat like fish or chicken and let it be let's say one day per week only vegetables no need to get your proteins uh, Neil's from, been telling me that since I've been protein-based <laughs> vegetables. So you can do one day of meats if you want. That's the first thing. The second thing is that uh, at the age of 50, what we advise is that you do a stool test, look if there's blood in there, because sometimes blood is one of the signs that actually there's a tumor. It might not be, but it is one of the signs. But the most important test is actually colonoscopy. Uh, this should be done at the age of 50. As I said earlier that the U.S. Task Force has decreased at the age of 45, but still we're doing at the age of 50. Once every five years, if there's polyps. If the polyps are benign, we go every three years. If the polyps look suspicious, we go on a yearly basis.
1: So so it is important that when you... And we have to be serious about this. When you go to the toilet, you need to look behind and, you know...
3: This is not the rule. No. This is not the rule. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, need, okay. no need, no need. Uh, we can spare you that. We can spare you that. It's not that the rule. But eventually, you have to know. You have to seek. You have to be aware of what's happening with your diet. You have to see what's happening with the food that
1: you're eating. But it's not the rule to do. Stop okay. Out. Good. Good news. Mm. <laughs> Good to have your company this afternoon on TSB. Talk Sport Business on Talk 100.3. Lachlan Kitchen and Neil Lodger here. The WhatsApp number is 058686. If you'd like to get in contact with us, uh, we're speaking to Dr. Abdul Rahman al the consultant, medical oncologist from Fakie University Hospital who's been here in the region originally from Lebanon but he's been here about 13 years uh, in the Middle East. Uh, when it comes to, to cancer and obviously creating awareness uh, about cancer uh, what are the steps that someone can take in regards to screening to sort of you know prevent or or, or, or look to, s- to see if anything's developed in their system?
3: Well we advise you know uh, at uh, different categories of life at the age that people should screen for five specific diseases. Mm-hmm. These are what we have evidence for that. So let's say for ladies, we have the cervical cancer. So any lady who's married or sexually active should do screening for a pap smear for cervical cancer every two to three years. Okay. For breast cancer starting at the age of 40, on a yearly basis, a mammogram and a physical examination, that's for ladies. Now for males... For, for men, so you have the prostate cancer. So it's physical exam as well as PSA testing from the age of 50. Uh, colon cancer can be also from the age of 50, colonoscopy once every uh, five years. And what we're trying right now to introduce is actually the screening for lung cancer. It's not very common. It's not very popular. But it is very specific for uh, people who have uh, heavy smokers. Mm-hmm. And we advise them at whatever age they are. As long as they are heavy smokers, to do a low-dose CT scans three times per year, and this data showed that actually it also saves their lives. So this is the most common uh, disease that we can look into. Now you ask me, what about the other cancers? There's so many types of cancer. Do we do screening tests? Unfortunately, we do not have evidence-based medicine to suggest to screen for the others. That's why we dis- we always advise our patients or our in- Families and friends and our public, be proactive about your health and go and ask. Whenever you feel a lump, you feel something weird, something different, they're changing in your bowel habits. They're changing in your lifestyle. They're changing in your daily life. Something is causing you more fatigue. You're having uh, abnormal weight loss with no planned Mm -hmm. Uh, change in diet, you're not able to do the same things that you used yesterday, go and ask and see what could be the problem. They might be something related to cancer, but could be something not related to cancer. Why not go and check earlier, like diabetes and hypertension and cardiovascular diseases? These should be diagnosed in an early stage because actually you can control the disease much earlier. And we always advise people who have... Of family history. If people know that their family members have specific, specific diseases, go to your primary care physician and ask about it. Check if these conditions can be hereditary, and if it is so, try to check for it but then is cancer hereditary i mean if if you you
2: mentioned this a couple of times that if you have a positive family history uh you go and get it checked but then does
3: it does it pass through through the genes or how does it work yes you have genes specific that can cause cancer and Mm -hmm. the rate of uh, hereditary breast cancer goes from five to ten percent wow you have breast cancer five to ten percent prostate cancer five to ten percent the colon cancer less than five percent you have hereditary cancer that can run in the families yes because of specific genes that can accumulate with time these genes can skip generations you know if Mm -hmm. the grandfather have it the son might not not have but probably the grandchildren might have it so you have to really check and once you know that you might have family history and you check do ask for genetic profiling that's what we're doing right now the precision medicine we look into the genetic profiling of individuals genetic profiling of the tumors and to see if they are more at risk of the others to try to see we can prevent look take into uh, let's say the at risk of colon cancer You can start by changing your diet you can Mm -hmm. start by stopping smoking you start by doing physical activity and exercise you You can can stop by vaping at parties when you're sitting next to me all those sort (laughs) of things all of that you can start earlier to prevent now they can be more aggressive preventive measures such as in breast cancer they can sometimes give medications to decrease others Mm -hmm. might suggest surgeries but there's always a way to ask and there's always an answer to see what we can do there's always gray zones but we try as physicians to give What's the evidence base there? Right. And we try to help you. What, what is genetic profiling and how, and how, how does that work? Well, actually, it could be a blood, mostly it's a blood test. And if there's a tumor, we check, we check the genes uh, of the tumor on the tissues. Uh, we look on for specific genes. Uh, we can call them pan-cancer genes that can involve any cancer type. But we most importantly, we look for cancer-specific genes to see what we can offer as therapies. Mm-hmm. So that's how we usually uh, we do it with our patients. And especially if someone, let's say, uh, the, the lady has a BRCA1, BRCA2 or BRCA1, BRCA2 gene, we, if she has daughters, we tend to ask uh, to if she can screen her uh, daughters, if one of them has it for her in the future, to start screening to for breast, breast cancer, cancer or ovarian cancer at an early stage.
2: Now, this is very, very interesting that we're talking about this because, uh, you know, a lot of us who did not know about this, uh, you know, the, this direction to get into as far as uh, preventive uh, checkups are concerned. Uh, you know, there there's one thing about talking about it right now, probably talking about breast cancer awareness in October, probably talking about prostate cancer in November, you know, and people uh, grow moustaches and all of that. Movember is celebrated, uh, you know. But then why just these one or two months specific? Fourth of Feb is World Cancer Day, you know, and, and we talk about cancer during that time. But the rest of the nine months, technically, there is no communication, no awareness that spread. Isn't it like a 12-month a year kind of uh, communication that has to go out.
3: I agree totally with you, actually. It should be a whole year awareness. But I think it's related to um, time. It could be related to financials. Mm -hmm. Uh, You cannot focus on the same disease the whole year. There are so many types of cancer. So they try to tend to squeeze it and to focus on one disease that affects the majority of the population in one month. But this should not be like that because I am sure that most of the people do not come during that month to screen. Ooh, yeah. You know, you have to they probably on vacation, they have more issues to do to think of, they have work. So you have to always remind them the whole year. But the division is there to always tell you that there are so many diseases that actually you have to look into and try to look into the survivors of these uh, cancers. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have sarcomas, it's very rare. Making a month or a day for these survivors is important to remind the population, the people, the public, the friends the the family that these people have survived a very rare disease, and you should look into them and talk to them, and probably they should spread
1: their stories to the others to give the motivation to fight. Uh, also, yeah, providing hope. You know, yes. when, when we look at the research, and, and 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 you brought this up before, Neil, of of cancer has got so much weight attached to it. Of. of when someone hears that they've been diagnosed for cancer. In, in your practice, how much, when it comes to treatment, does someone's mindset and attitude have in attacking the disease?
3: It is the most important thing, actually. Uh, no one gets this hit and accept it easily. You know, mm-hmm. any disease that you will told about how much you're wise and you're old, or eventually when someone tells you you have a certain disease or a problem, you'll feel shocked probably, and cancer is one of the major diseases that you get shocked with. You're going to be sad. No one's going to be happy. But I can say that uh, accepting the condition is half of the therapy. Just by accepting it, you make your journey is much easier than not accepting the condition. Accept it's diabetes or heart disease or hypertension, or even cancer just accept the condition and then try to see read about it ask your primary care physicians and slowly slowly the therapy path will be easier than ever you know uh, you mentioned this about accepting it and
2: moving ahead in life with it but I'm sure that you know post-cancer life even if it's treated completely does life come back to the same uh, juncture physically health-wise mentally or, or is it something that has probably taken you down like a couple of
3: notches what i see from the people that i met i mm-hmm. is get them stronger okay okay no doubt it was uh, a downfall during uh, your life but then again when you get up Mm-hmm. And you see that you have uh, suffered probably a lot, probably little. You went through a lot. You went so so. so in physicians, hospitals. Uh, but as long that your family has been with you, your friends been supporting, and you are accepting, uh, at the end you get stronger. You don't get weaker. For sure, the stigma is there. You still right. remember it. You cannot forget it. But then again, your life will get better because you feel that I fought cancer and I won nothing can be that so for sure most of the people they get stronger they keep aware they advise others and you can see from the motivation stories and emotion stories that we have so much survivors went out there you know the stigma of being scared or being shy that you have cancer is no more people who fought cancer earlier and became survivors go out there and speak and talk about their stories and how they fought it was so hard for them but then again when we won you feel the winning, and that's what we need to do. We need to tell them, don't worry. There's others pass through it. You will pass through it, but then at the end, you will win.
1: Yeah, my grandfather got leukemia at 89. Mm-hmm. And he beat it. <laughs> but, yeah, he ended up dying because he f- fell over and broke his hip, funnily enough, of all the things he went through. Although we laugh about this because I love him dearly. Uh, I did love him dearly. But, yeah, you can, at any age, you True. had that mindset of you can overcome these things. True. Definitely. Mm-hmm. TSB Talk a Sport Business on Talk at 100.3. Lachlan Kitchen and Neil Lodger here. We're joined from Faki University Hospital, Dr. Abul Rahman Kingi, the consultant medical oncologist uh, who's been in the region for 13 years. Uh, you can see the website, uh, fucky.care, FAK. K W H dot C A R E Doctor Abdul, when we go online there is so much information you know you often talk about dr google that if you see feel a bit sick you can go online and type in the reasons and there'll be 25 illnesses you think you might have you know how hard is it for people or how hard is it for you as a physician there's so many myths out there online there's so many things that living next to power poles causes cancer mobile phones cause cell cancer how hard is it for you as a physician when a patient comes in to have to waft through all of this noise they've already heard before they've reached you
3: well it's funny for you to to mention dr google because actually as physicians and you can see a lot that actually we physicians we probably hate dr google <laughs> 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 the reason is that actually it gives the false information not the false information the, the not appropriate information most of the people come to you to the clinic or even friends or outside mm-hmm. let's say uh, have a bad uh, bad uh, headache they Google it, and then one of the differential diagnoses down there, there's cancer. So they come to you, <laughs> I have a headache. Could it be a cancer? It's cool down, <laughs> yeah. not everything's cancer. The same, so, it's so simple things can be like a flu and became suddenly COVID, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it exaggerate things, and people try to look at the worst right. uh, result from Google, and they come to you. It causes so much anxiety, so much worrisome. People get really afraid, and we do not want that. Please read. Please ask. There's no problem with that. Knowledge isn't from, is, is good, but try to read the right thing from the right place. So that's the most important. Now, the, about the myth, there's so much thing. The first thing is that if someone has a tumor or someone has a nodule or has uh, a mass somewhere and you want to diagnose it. So usually uh, the right thing to diagnose is to do a biopsy. Mm -hmm. Imaging techniques and the technology that happened after that are so good, but they're not that accurate yet to give you the 100% diagnosis of cancer. So we really usually need... Biopsy to take a chunk of it mm-hmm. could be a small needle, could be a bigger needle, could be a surgery, a small surgery. But people think always oh, that whenever you take a biopsy, that this is the reason the disease has spread. <laughs> and we tell them this is not true. There's only one cancer, which is usually the testicular cancer, that we don't take a biopsy because, yes. If you take a biopsy from that, you might spread the disease within the area, not outside. So what we tell the patient, no, the biopsy is a must to diagnose. We cannot diagnose otherwise. Any other tests will suggest. But biopsy until now, it's the standard of care to diagnose any type of cancer, and it does not spread disease elsewhere. We're hoping in the future, in the 10, 20 years with the genetics, Mm -hmm. genetic profiling of the precision medicine, that actually we can diagnose people through just a blood test and we can see the genes of the cancer and then tell them, yes, you have cancer. But so far, till today, we do not have this technology. So this is the most important thing because people get scared to diagnose just because of that. They will delay their diagnosis just because fear of something that did not happen. People told me. Not Google, but people told me that if I take a biopsy, yeah. it will hurt me more and it will make the disease spread. And this is why I tell that it is not true. It does not spread your disease. It actually diagnose you early, to take your treatment early. Don't
1: take your medical advice at dinner parties. That's the I'm message. Sure. <laughs> and I guess that is one of the myths of, of what uh, you've been reiterating is that cancer isn't a death sentence. It doesn't have to no, be. No, 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 not at all. And that's why we're approaching to the, the public, to the people, please come forward
3: early. The earlier the diagnosis, the higher chances of cure. Yes, unfortunately, there's cases who comes delayed. Mm-hmm. Yes, like any other disease, the most cause of mortality worldwide is not cancer yet. It is actually cardiovascular Cardi- disease. Really? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so far it's not cancer, but then, and then again, we add, please come as early as possible for us to come and help you. The earlier, the chances of cure are much higher. We have specific disease that are a bit bad in prognosis, but still we can manage, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So for sure it's not a death sentence.
2: Yeah. Also, you know, uh, once uh, someone is diagnosed with cancer and the treatment begins, uh, a lot comes back to, Willpower, a lot comes back to psychology of the person and the people around them. How important is the support system, his family, his or her friend, uh, their colleagues? When someone is actually going through diagnosis, uh, while going through the treatment, maybe
3: chemotherapy, they lose hair. Uh, how how does that entire cycle go through, doctor? Well, for sure, for sure, the the emotional status of the patient is be very hard. He needs support, mainly from family and from friends, there's no doubt. But what we advise family and friends that, yes, please be very, very supportive, but do not be pushy. You know, whenever you feel that your uh, family member needs help, try to help encourage one time two three times but do not push them they are also having treatment they feel bad so they might get feel the, the, the feel that to reject mm. so try to be on the positive side always give them the positive energy there's bad things in life but then again focus on the positivity give them there's always hope hope is the strongest thing we can fight with and again don't push them you want them to eat better? Yes, advise one time, two, three times, but do not push them to eat more because at the end, they will give you the rejection. They will say no, and we do not want to eat. So this would be fire back and be back so yes please always support there's other thing is that uh, whenever we are in with friends and parties and surrounding whenever there's someone that you know that he has cancer do not remind him he knows he has (laughs) yes do not remind him. you can ask him a simple question how are you doing and stop there no need to go into details what you did what happened and no need to tell everyone sometimes they do not uh, like to share sometimes not the time or the location to share so try to be supportive in that yes you care for your friends but do does not mean you have to be pushy and telling that uh, you care more than the others. And for sure, always the, the belief. You have to have the belief to be that you can get cured. You have to have the belief that you can get treated, okay? It's very important to be in a positive mind. We all know that positivity wins at the end.
1: It's it's a great it's a great point because quite quite often people who might be suffering you know and they might have been through a, a position or, or a series of um, chemo or radiation therapy and you want to socialise to take your mind off things to celebrate a life again you true, don't want true, to have true. to be stuck in the corner having to retell your saga to someone yeah definitely it's great advice you don't need to
3: remind them all they know yeah. they know probably <laughs> yeah. are out just to forget for a while try to help them forget tell them that everything is okay everything's fine let's go have fun and enjoy you don't need to remind them every now and then every situation. And if there's something specific, don't they say that they cannot do it because they have cancer or they're on treatment. No. Tell them, yes, you can do it. Push mm. it. Try. Try harder and you can do it.
1: Right. So, so definitely some great advice. So I guess in wrapping up some of those, the main point is, you know, we want to work on awareness and we want to work out, guys and girls, get to the doctor. Don't be too scared of seeking advice and doing those initial screenings and initial tests. That's the best thing we can get out of today, isn't it? Yes, yes. If I might add something,
3: one more, if possible. Please, yes. please, The idea of the treatment, so many people read on Google and they find that things they can get treated that natural. We believe that there's natural remedies. We believe so. Everything came from nature. Aspirin, the most common medication used in the world, came from a tree. So we know that actually medicine and remedies come from nature, but not everything from nature is good. Arsenic is from nature. It's bad. You know, so we have to understand this things that are bad. Not everything we look in Google means there's a treatment. We have to follow the evidence. We have to read if one person got treated for with a specific medicine does not mean it can cure everyone. We have to always look into the evidence and ask your physician and ask you to do not take any supplementation or mushrooms or herbs that you do not know about because actually this might harm you further. Just ask, read more, find the evidence and we'll support you.
1: So, so just because it's natural and it comes from the earth, it doesn't mean it's safe for your situation.
3: Cyanide is from nature. Yeah. doesn't mean it's good. So we yeah. have to know what product we take from nature which is good for our health. Not everything is good.
1: Yeah, fantastic. It's been great advice. It's been a, a great learning experience as well. I know for me, maybe not for the uh, the pharmacist, Dr <laughs> Neil over here. <laughs> he knows it as well, but uh, Dr Abdul Rahman Al Kingi, the consultant medical oncologist at the Faki University Hospital. Thank you very much for coming in and sharing your expertise with us this afternoon.
3: Thank you for having me here. Thank w- you so much. Wonderful-
1: Hold up.